Hi, welcome back to C Myers Live. My name is Brian McHenry, and I'm a principal with C Myers Corporation. And I'm Rob Johnson. I'm also a principal here at C Myers. So uh, there's been a lot going on, obviously, uh, financially for institutions and really think about interest rate risk and liquidity, ALM. I spend a lot of time in leadership development. While so much conversation is around the financial part of it, Right now is also a really interesting leadership opportunity and from a mindset perspective, it's an interesting opportunity for organizations to think about how they're approaching problems and also how they're approaching opportunities and thinking how do they come together as a team and ask more questions and try and learn so that they're getting better results and really thinking through where they position. So I thought, Rob, we'd spend some time taking that mindset concept that we're seeing with leaders and applying it to many of the things we're seeing on the ALM side. Yeah, I, I think it's a great topic right now, and it, it connects with you need to have that connection between the numbers, the strategy, and then also the, the, the people, the leadership and how they're working together and, and what is oftentimes a stressful situation. You're seeing a lot a lot more places talking about the stress that they are feeling and then how to turn that into you know a good strength for the organization going forward and so i think as we talk through that the mindset regarding alm we'll hit let's hit a couple of the things that we're both yeah. seeing but this is not meant to be an education on all the things to be thinking about for asset liability management of course there's more than that but hopefully for everyone to walk away at least thinking well how are we approaching some of the things that are happening i think a great example is policy limits we're seeing uh, there are a lot of organizations that their policy limits are showing really big stress that um, maybe they're outside of their limits and there are a lot of reasons for that and reasons that we've talked with places about in the past, uh, you know, in 2022 and then here in 2023 leading into this is as the rates have been going up, of course, the test gets higher. So if your policy looks up 200, 300, 400 or more basis points, well, all of a sudden when short term rates are five and a half percent, that takes you to a whole new high level, taking rates of seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half, whatever it might be. So the question is. Yes, maybe right now looking up another 300 basis points, so you use that as an example, is showing that that'd be a flag against our policy. But also, are you taking the approach a little bit different and saying, is this actually the environment that our policy was designed to help us protect against? And let's view it from that curiosity as to how are we performing today the actions we're taking, the stresses we're feeling, knowing that we started off with short-term rates at zero. So this is the stress. Not saying it can't get more stressful, but what if this is really the design to help you play out how you perform against the tests you were doing earlier in the year and last year? Yeah, I think that's a great point on the mindset and the questions because there you can study and learn, you know, what decisions did you make along the way? What decisions had you made prior to rates rising and how did that position your balance sheet today? And then as you're in it, what is your decision making like? Again, continuing to refine that process and then just want to really hone in on that, Rob, too, on that idea of thinking about the current rate environment as the stress rate environment. It's only been two quarters since short-term rates have been at 5%. Yeah. And as you look, too, at some of what's happening, and of course, 
who knows exactly what the Fed's going to do, but there's more and more sense that they might hold rates and hold rates for a longer period of time. So this isn't necessarily where you know, you've peaked, it could be really early in this particular rate cycle. And I think that's also from a mindset perspective, helpful for decision makers to think about, again, policy wise, and understanding what they're doing and, and that potential impact to their balance sheet, especially if rates don't change. Yeah, very true. The, um, the being here for a while will help some things It helps reset some of those assets. But it's also going to give more time for that deposit movement and pressure that's already being seen. And um, we know, even though you'd say, well, financially, it makes sense that those who were going to move already would have moved. But, but there are, you know, we learn time and time again that it takes a while for people to adapt and address the environment. We do think that part of the mindset, too, is going to be others, if not even ourselves, who are going to be under increased stress for liquidity, especially if they're still being very aggressive on the loan growth. So their stress then starts to create stress for us as to, you know, are they going to be aggressively increasing their deposit rates to support faster growth, even if you've adjusted in this environment? So mindset wise, kind of watching what what the competitors are doing, not necessarily to follow them, but recognize that the consumer is going to be looking around and shopping. So how does that impact your positioning? Which then yeah. that gets to studying those deposits and a lot happening on that front. Yeah, I agree. That's I was gonna jump in right there too and say that that's great because that's part of studying then your deposits. So not only what's happening with competitors, studying your consumers and your customers' positions and what they're doing, but then connecting that to your ALM assumptions too, and really trying to understand and keep those assumptions relevant with what you're actually experiencing. Again, go back. If this is a stress environment that we're experiencing right now, currently, then learning from that, studying the deposit behavior and making sure you're refining the ALM modeling is so beneficial, especially because we've seen in some of the modeling, it just was not accounting for deposit migration. It was assuming that a lot of these checking and savings and money markets were just going to stay where they were. They'd reprice. But it was not showing that there would be these big changes from non-mature deposits and shifts into the CDs. Yeah, which also gets to the importance of, for example, even if you do the same pricing across all balance levels, are you at least studying the behavior across different balance levels? Are you adjusting your modeling to show that or do you treat all savings accounts the same? And you shouldn't. Uh, there's there's different behavior for consumers that have over 250,000 in their accounts, those that have over 100,000, those who have under $10,000 in their account. So recognizing that even if you make the business decision not to pay different on those, now many do and it's also that insight can start to say, well, maybe we adjust our tiering and our pricing strategy more, which gets to really connecting what is happening on the behaviors with what actions we might want to take as leaders. And there are a lot of different approaches to that. And we're not going to address solving the deposit challenges today. That's going to take more than our short time together. Right. But right. Yeah. it is one of those areas of are we connecting the dots between that behavior and how we're seeing answers in our model to appropriately address these concerns. Uh, I want to, you know, we started off saying that this is more about mindset 
and leadership development than financial. We're focusing on all the financial aspects right now because it's so important and relevant. Relevant. Want to just as we go because there's you know more here that we're going to keep developing. But these are things like on the deposit behavior. This is not just the finance area figuring this out. You know, your retail areas would would also be calling this out. We're seeing shifts in CDs, then then it's a fair next question to say, how are we connecting that then when we're looking at our ALM and understanding liquidity needs and interest rate risk? So that's where it becomes an institution level exercise, not just a finance exercise. So just want to keep honing in on that. The other piece too that's really interesting right now is looking at what is your structure and the decisions you're making for your structure to uh, accommodate and really um, respond to this environment again on the liquidity and the, the interest rate risk side, but also then what's happening in the environment. And what can be happening, what we see is actually, it feels like we're doing all these things to really address the risk that's presenting itself right now, but the results keep looking worse. I And that just feels counterintuitive. And again, that goes to structure versus environment and some of what's happening with just the rates. That is one of those things is first recognizing within the structure, the actions you're taking on the asset side and what it looks like on some of the pricing that you might be doing on the asset side, how fast you're growing against what's happening on the deposits, especially the more you lose core deposits and those balances go down, that that adds more pressure to the structure, especially if you're replacing that, you know, maybe with shorter, much more expensive funding. So watching that side, but okay, we're taking these actions, we're doing this, and you know, the example you said, and it's getting worse. Why? Well, that's where isolating on that environment, that 10-year treasury, for example, keeps increasing. And for those of you who are looking at your results for you know coming up for September, you're probably going to find that there the value of the assets decreased because the long-term rate kept going up in that month. And so watching that isolate how much of the impact is due to actions you're taking and what's happening to your your structure versus the environment and that's a the treadmill pace is getting higher and higher so how hard do you have to run to keep in the same spot. So looking at from those two pieces that can really help that mindset as to okay, are we at least doing what we feel are the right things? even if the environment is working against us or are we taking actions maybe hitting and we've talked plenty of times about kpis hitting some old goals that our structure is actually getting weaker right now and the environment's getting tougher those should be two different discussions depending on the answer to that question and your team bringing your team together to get that clarity can really help motivate coming together in alignment as to what are we going to need to make happen going forward, especially as you think of preparing your organization for 2024 and beyond? Yeah, Rob, I want to I want to build on what you said there and really take, you know, thinking about what you're experiencing, understanding that and making sure you're connecting that experience with your results. So, for example, you know, some came into this environment with a lot of liquidity, a lot of variable rate assets. They're feeling pretty good about where they are right now and if rates go up. And so that's that's connecting with their results. On the other side, there are others who are not feeling as good because they have longer 
fixed rate assets and other ways in which their balance sheet was structured where a rising rate environment was much more challenging for them. And so when they look at rates going up, making sure that that's also connecting. And on this point, just want to highlight, we've seen in some cases where it's not connecting, where that like we should be feeling good or we, sh- or we are concerned about what's happening, not connecting necessarily with the results from the ALM simulation. And so Rob, you had a really good question that you found that works well for the group. Yeah, sometimes uh, it's the simplest things that can help bring some insights. And I think that's what we learn a lot of times in, in working together as teams is just start off and say, how as a team are we feeling in this environment? Are we finding that it's creating more stress for you, especially on the financials and not just not just the literal financials, but how they feel about their positioning of being able to create more earnings going forward to take care of business. And would you be excited if tomorrow morning rates are 300 basis points higher, 200, 300, 400, whatever your your question is, would you be excited about that? Would that make you happy? Now, there we see plenty of situations where teams are like, are you kidding me? This is already a very tough environment. That's the last thing I'd want to have happen. If you're feeling that way, but all of a sudden, in some cases, we see where the ALM results tell you, oh, you actually look better if rates keep going up, then that creates a, a conflict. And that's where the teams coming together and saying, well, wait a second, I'm really worried about what's happening, but those results aren't showing that. But it's interesting. Sometimes you ask that question, everyone's worried but the results look a lot better, but no one questions it. And so I think one of the things about mindset is you have to help each other out by asking questions. Well, wait a second, if we're feeling so much stress, why do the results say we aren't? Is that true? What's wrong? Am I either missing the the opportunities that are happening and I should feel better or do the results need to change? Maybe it's a little bit of each, but have that discussion to help each other out through this environment. Agree, agree with that. And that those questions and that discussion and not just limited to the current rate environment, to the results, to rates going up, it also applies if rates go down. Really thinking through, you know, if rates go down, will rates go down in a parallel fashion? Meaning if rates go down 200 basis points, are both the short and long term rate going to go down 200 basis points, which would mean that the yield curve is still inverted. So stepping back and understanding that rates don't always move parallel and trying to not limit your thinking to just these up and down parallel movements, but thinking more broadly of huh, the short term rate actually went up 500 basis points. The long term rate went up roughly 300 basis points, maybe 400 by the time this is all said and done. So that's not a parallel rate shift. And now starting to apply that same kind of questioning and thinking of what would we do and how would this impact us if rates go down? You know, and the thing that I think is really important as leaders is to use opportunities to say, how do we improve our approaches? The last thing you want to do is say, well, you know, the regulators normally just focus primarily on parallel. Maybe they do for their purposes, but what do you do for you? Don't say, Oh, well, no, the model, that's just a standard. Don't use that as an excuse. You shouldn't use that as an excuse for how you serve the consumer. You need to sit there and say, how do we need to do it different? How do we need to do it better? And if all you do is just parallel, 
that's going to treat it as some of the actions you might take today. Let's say you're debating on portfolioing some fixed mortgages. It's not a recommendation. You need to know your own structure. Well, if you just assume that everything moves in parallel, then in a down 200, it would probably tell you don't bother portfolioing those mortgages. They're all going to refinance. But the reality is if short-term rates go down 200 and long-term rates go down 50 basis points, then you're probably going to get the benefit of those mortgages staying around for a while while your cost of funds would start to drop. And it could help you in quite a few environments as rates decrease if you're being smart about the range of what might happen. Normally in lower environments, yield curves flatten out, yield curves start to go back to positive in a more normal situation. So asking those questions, looking at different angles instead of just saying, well, here are the answers and accepting it as a team. And again, as Brian kicked this off, it's not about the, the technical side of asset liability management, but rather about the questioning side of, does this make sense? Is it connecting with my gut? Is it connecting with what I'm feeling in the organization right now? Is it connecting with what I'm seeing with competition? So as you're thinking through, I'll say broadly speaking, you know, it's really an opportunity to rethink the way you have your conversations, the way you approach your decisions, and then making connections across the organization that can help you strategically from a risk tolerance perspective and also a financial performance perspective. And just going to reiterate this point, it is not a finance exercise. It's an institution-wide exercise, and everyone's in this learning process. So while, again, we focus to your point, Rob, on more ALM-type topics from a mindset perspective, this is not just an ALM conversation. Each leader has a chance to learn and bring something new here. Agree. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully you get excited about the ways of approaching different questions and thinking for the future. Also, for those of you who are like me, who love the number side, we're always happy to talk about that side too. So never hesitate to reach out to us if you have follow-up questions.